What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Raised Geek Podcast, where geek is all we speak. We have a packed show this week, including zombies, 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 zombies everywhere, because we are deep diving into Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, now playing in local theaters and on Netflix, which is how we watched it, because we cheat. Uh, and of course, this week, we're also going to talk about everything we're geeking out on. And by we, I mean Chris. And Don. Let's go. All right, man. Here we are. Zombie week. Not a lot of news, not a lot of stuff, but we're still going to find a way to fill up two hours, I'm sure, of everyone's lives and hopefully have a couple laughs. How we doing, Don? Chris, how's it going today, my man? Yes, you are right. This is Zombie Week, the long-awaited Zombie Week. Feels like we've been talking about it uh, for a while now and finally got here uh, with some content being released and gathering the, all the old memories of everything that we love about uh, the zombie entertainment, so... Yeah, I'm doing well. Ready to do it. Nice, nice. Let it hear. Well, first, we got to talk about our failure that we had uh, yesterday because me, you, and our buddy Tony were all ready to, to jump in Warzone last night and, and hit Nakatomi Plaza that they added yesterday with this big diehard expansion pack where you were going to have like John McClane challenges and you could buy a diehard skin. And we were all pumped up Thursday. And we're like, we're buying snacks. I went to the grocery store and I bought snacks <laughs> like I was ready to go. And then we all fell asleep and we didn't get to play at all. And it became very sad and depressing that, you know, I'm like, what am I going to do with all this food? I don't want, I don't want all this candy I bought. <laughs> well <laughs> yeah it's one of the drawbacks of getting older man you can't uh you can't do all the late night things that you plan on you make all these big plans that you're gonna do oh we're gonna do this and hang out and have fun and stay up late and by the time it gets to 9 p.m 10 p.m you're already like i'm wiped out from the <laughs> just from regular life just from existing on this friday yeah man i wish we could have played last night but i'm sure we'll we'll find some time to sneak in here because yeah like you said warzone uh has made these couple new things like you said nakatomi plaza and added john mcclain and rambo and it's really cool cool ideas for those of us who who like that man i want i want to play as john mcclain running around shooting people and rambo to a lesser extent but (laughs) Yeah, they didn't, you know, they didn't get our $20 to get the uh, the jigsaw, little saw character, the little puppet, and they didn't get our $20 for Texas Le- Chainsaw Leatherface. Leather yeah. uh, they might get our $20 for Rambo man. or John McClane, man. <laughs> it's hard not to. Like, I, I'm not one who likes spending extra money on, like, the microtransaction stuff that they, you know, do, but, man, it is going to be hard to not see all these john mcclain's running around and be like i want to be that i want to be john mcclain that's what i'm curious more than anything is how many john mcclain's and rambos are running around are we going to be the only three that are running around as rose <laughs> <laughs> right all their uh default characters like man this sucks but yeah you know that's... we've yeah we've tried very hard we've we're prided ourselves on the fact that outside of the initial battle pass ten dollars we haven't spent a dime on this game we've we've been able to play enough to get enough coins to be able to uh 
keep buying a battle pass. So we haven't paid yeah. for another battle pass since we started. So it's kind of crazy to think now we're, we're going to go drop 40 bucks for Rambo and John Clay. Yeah. We we make fun of the people who like pay money for all their extra outfits and like that guy paid for that. What a dummy. But now as soon as they release these two characters, we're like, well, now are we the dummies? We might be the I dummies think, now. I think we have to be. And the, <laughs> and the biggest highlight of this whole thing though, and it honest honestly to me almost made it worth sleeping is when we got a text this morning from our other buddy and he said, he said, man, I thought they were playing without me. I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, oh, they're already running around the Nakatomi building. But he did voice to text chat and it came, it came out, the text came as the Nakatomi building. And that just <laughs> yeah. cracked me up. The Nakatomi yeah. building. And I knew what he yeah. meant. And it just was so funny. Yeah, man, that was, that was pretty funny. I knew he was doing voice to text because I've ridden I've ridden in the car with him. He he is a user of that a lot, and they're not going to know Nakatomi what that yeah, is. Yeah, so. and I'm sorry, I, I looked it up. It was the Knocker told me. <laughs> Knocker told, told. That's me even building. better. <laughs> that's even funnier. The Knocker told me building. <laughs> Knocker told me building. So that was I made my morning. I was literally just sitting on the couch in tears. I was laughing. I just kept looking at it, just laughing. Yeah, um, ridiculously. I mean, and those for those who play that game, we're all here, sitting here all excited about getting in there. We're not going to even be able to get in there because we're not like super pro players anyway. And whenever they introduce new places, that's like where everybody lands. Oh, so yeah. I, that that place is going to be so populated right now at the beginning. Like we're not even going to be able to step foot in there. It's a nice dream to have. Oh yeah, and we'll get we'll get in there eventually. Like when they opened the stadium, everyone wanted to land there and 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 different stuff like that but it might be a while but we'll we'll get there we'll yeah, get hopefully there hopefully this isn't a quick timed thing like i have this nervousness yeah. that we'll turn it on and it'll say oh you know five days all right and that would the be the, the countdown will be on but hopefully we'll be able to play at some point this weekend because i bought a bunch of candy and snacks that i need to eat and if i'm not playing games it just doesn't feel otherwise i'm just sitting on the couch and it's just not the oh, same. Yeah. It's just not the same. But Don, we got tons to talk about this week. So let's jump into some business. And then we are going to do a follow up to Venom 2. So stick around for that. If you can't make it through the 30 seconds of me telling you that you need to like, subscribe and follow us on all podcasts and social media services. We are expanding weekly, which is awesome. And make sure you're definitely following us over on Twitter at Raised a Geek. We're definitely growing that. And we're putting up lots of fun surveys that we've been getting. I don't know if you got any news on the Spider-Man survey of what what did people say was their fi- favorite Spider-Man. I know Holland was starting to pull away. Yeah, I think so that. far. The question I asked was your favorite era. This is kind of... in a. Uh, connected to our last episode where we talked about spider-man but i just wanted to feel out there what people were feeling other people were feeling about the spider-man movie so asked uh what everyone's favorite era was and uh seems like mostly people are saying the holland era uh followed closely by into the spider-verse uh mcguire had some votes and still andrew garfield zero votes as people's favorite spider-man era which I guess isn't too surprising to most people, but uh, hey, who knows? I don't know. I uh, I rewatched both of those movies last weekend. I watched every Far From Home is the only Spider-Man movie I didn't watch in this over the course of this week, and watched and I watched both those Andrew Garfield ones. And I man, if you watch those movies as standalone, 
I think they, I think they hold up, man. I think they, they had, they were on to something there. They just, I think, you know, it became the problem that a lot of these studios have now. And, you know, Warner Brothers just did it as well with their DC properties is they want to just copy the MCU without putting in the time to make it work like Marvel did. And you can't just jump to that. You can't just force it all into poor, poor Mark Webb had to put together that movie you know, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, where they were trying to kickstart three other franchises and introduce all these villains so they can do a Sinister Six movie and trying to do so much. It just makes the movie, you know, it just makes it feel incoherent to a lot of people. So it's just, you know, it's just kind of a shame. But Chris, the, the, the people, the people are speaking, Chris, the people have spoken. They don't like Andrew Garfield. You have to deal with it. <laughs> but that's why i'm speaking the people are spoken so now it's my turn i don't i don't okay. have twitter it's a retort. So could, yeah it's, a it's retort. my retort saying hey you know garfield deserves some love and you know what just because that's who i am if i was on there voting i mean when i looked at it i clicked garfield as my vote so i could see the th- responses and then they were like log in and i was like yeah no i'm not doing that <laughs> but questions comments concerns shoot us an email over at raised at geek at gmail.com and hit us up with those reviews five stars we got a couple five star reviews already over through apple which was great so thank you guys for going out there and throwing that out there just make sure you you know drop some names and some love so we can uh, give you a shout out right now they were just anonymous which was still cool to see so thank you guys for checking us out and helping us grow yes thank you very much we appreciate it it's awesome all right so to follow up last week we talked about the venom 2 trailer and we talked about our the curiousnesses of what it was or what was happening i can i can see my dog in the zoom call and she's all twitching and sleeping and snoring so if you guys hear snoring it's a dog not me she's having nightmares about venom yeah, Venom 2 and, and what it's going to be. But it's it's re-sparked a debate that actually happened with the last Venom when people wanted Venom to be rated R. And once again now, after seeing that trailer, there's been all vocal community online that have been wanting Venom 2 to be rated R as well. And they're upset thinking it looks like it's going to be PG-13. They wanted that Red Band trailer. They did not get that. They got whatever the hell that trailer was with singing, cooking Venom. So really, I just kind of wanted to know your thoughts and, you know, bounce a little bit off of just the R-rated superhero. You know, Deadpool and Logan kind of came out and really took a turn for that, where all of a sudden you just took these characters, especially Logan and Wolverine, who was PG-13 for 10 movies before and all of a sudden got this R-rated thing. And Deadpool coming out, kind of changing that. But we also had Blade back in the day, and those are rated R. And those, I mean, obviously comic book movies were a lot different. But do you think there's a, I mean, Venom 2 does the rating make that trailer any better for you? <laughs> if, if you knew that that was rated R and saw that trailer, would it, I mean, does the rating matter? Uh, personally for me, I'm not one where uh, R rating like would make or break me wanting to see it. I just want to be um, interested from what I'm seeing regardless of rating. So I feel like Venom 2 could be PG-13 and still be a great movie if it was going to be a great movie. I like plenty of uh, PG-13 movies uh, that could be rated R, but they're not for whatever reason. You know, the studios uh, want more eyes on it with, like, younger viewers, whatever the case may be, but it can still be a good movie. So Venom 2 could be a good movie um, regardless of rating. Now, just knowing the subject matter venom it could easily be an r movie if that was their plan if that's what they wanted to do but i feel like if they were going to do that they should have already done that with the first one uh but they made the decision to be pg-13 
probably from what I just said to reach more people. And that's, I'm sure that's what they want to do here. I mean, they can, and, and you can really stretch a PG 13 rating these days. Like you can go pretty far with it short of like the, the worst of swear words and like copious amounts of blood that you can't uh, put in a PG 13 movie. So you can, you really can push the limits to what you can do. So, I mean, I, I don't think it really uh, matters too much to me. I can understand the outcry for people wanting Venom to be R, but like I said, if it was going to be, if part two was going to be R, part one should have already been R. I know the standard, like you said, was different in Logan. They, they decided to make that last one R and whether it benefited from it or not. I mean, yeah, they ended up doing some, some stuff they could never do in the previous movies, like a lot of the gore and, and stuff. Uh, But I think I just liked Logan the best out of all the Wolverine movies just because it was a better movie it being R didn't make it my favorite it just being good made it my favorite you know what I mean so I'm more I'm more of the idea that just make a good movie like the rating of these superhero movies doesn't really have much to do with it I don't know that's just kind of my take I agree with you Logan I mean it didn't need all the f-bombs in the language to make it edgier or better Um, it didn't change anything you know, from the movie, it was a solid movie. It was a solid plot. It was a, you know, a different kind of Logan. It was something that we'd see now, you know, whether or not it's been a while since I watched it, whether or not it's aged well, whether or not it still is as good. I'm not sure. I, you know, I watched it not too long ago, but it was different. It had a different kind of feel. And now we are kind of immersed now in this post, you know, anti-hero deconstruction of superheroes you know with jupiter's legacy with the -the over-the-top violence we just had invincible which was deconstruction we've had the boys which is superhero deconstruction so kind of the idea of just making it r and showing over-the-top violence doesn't really have the same stick that it would have just a couple years ago so it's hard to really feel like it's going to save venom and why anyone would want to throw a fit at this point when especially what like as you said with the first one being pg-13 why wouldn't this one be pg-13 <laughs> right I, I don't see them changing changing it like mid i don't know direct sequel like mid i don't know has, has there explain. ever done that i mean except for what we're talking about with logan but that was different because that wasn't like a direct sequel it was a sequel but it was like it, it was like its own thing you know what i'm trying to say yeah no i know what you're trying to say yeah i'm curious if there's any uh i don't i don't think so i can't um, remember like a movie jumping ratings like that that was like a direct sequel like i don't know i doubt it so yeah i mean i can think of uh i can think of some that have jumped around um I guess like I, I looked it up. I found a Reddit feed here where like Riddick was one because Riddick started as PG or started as R for Pitch Black, then jumped to PG thirteen for Chronicles to Riddick, and then went back to R for Riddick. So that one as a series, but that jumped around. Um, That's a little strange because I feel like when by doing that you're just like changing the the tone the whole tone of the movie a little bit yeah we've it feels, had... it feels like you need to be more uniform with your decisions on like this is a pg-13 franchise so that's what it's going to be or this is an r franchise that's what it's going to be i don't know yeah most of them are all downgrades because like they had the jack ryan movies so like the first hunt for Rod october patriot games 
it was like, oh, here, the Hunt for Red October was rated PG. Then the Patriot games jumped to R. And then the next three were PG-13. So that was one series, I guess. But that's hard to, especially when you're changing main actors across each one. Uh, Conan yeah. the Barbarian was R, but Conan the Destroyer was PG. So, I mean, we obviously have a lot that jumped down. But Alien versus Predator was PG-13, and then Part 2 was R. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not out of the question, but I mean, the bottom line yeah. to me is just that I don't think that it'll, I, I'm not going to make a fuss about if Let There Be Carnage is a PG-13 movie. I mean, what would I, what would I be like advocating to see? Like, I need Venom to be biting people's heads off and blood to splatter everywhere. Like, whatever, that's, I don't need all that. It'd be fine. It'd be fine, but I'm not like yearning for it. So, and then to finish this conversation, because I think that's about all we got on the rating for Venom 2. But why, as I look through this feeds and someone, people are throwing out their pitches for ratings, this one says Home Alone, the prequel to the Saw series, showing the childhood of serial killer Jigsaw went from PG to R. <laughs> Stupid. I'd, I'd pay for that one. Yeah the home alone dollar top dollar top top dollar there all right let me bring back my thing do you have anything else on venom too no i'm just not too like not too concerned about the rating for that one i'm just i'm not concerned about the rating for much yeah it's it's whatever you get whatever rating you need for the story you want to tell so if your story does you know deserves it just throwing in some violence or some bad language doesn't fix or make anything better we'll talk about this when we get into army of army of the dead um here with with that rating and where that movie fell so i don't think it really matters your story should get whatever rating that story needs to be told and venom i mean if you're going to tell an r-rated story tell an r-rated story i think they're telling pg-13 stories based on the first one and based on that trailer so yeah well said up next, we did get this week new Batman and Superman cartoons announced to uh, be on HBO Max at some point. I'm assuming in the next, it wouldn't be anytime soon. But we did get Batman the Caped Crusader was announced. Um, HBO Max and Cartoon Network have greenlit a straight to series order for Batman the Caped Crusader, which is an all new animated series and reimagining of the Batman mythology. Uh, it's told through executive producer Tim. Bruce Tim, J.J. Abrams, and Matt Reeves, who is currently directing the The Batman with Robert Pattinson, set to come out next next October. Yeah, that date has moved around, but I think something something like that. Yeah, wasn't it original? Wasn't it supposed to be this year? Yeah, we were supposed to have that one this year, and another victim of the world <laughs> with its release. Mm-hmm. And then also by Bruce. Uh, nope, sorry, I skipped it. They did also announce My Adventures with Superman, which seems like it says it's an all-new kids and family series following the action-packed comedic and romantic adventures of Superman and Lois Lane. So it's a coming-of-age, serialized coming-of-age story to follow Clark as he builds his Superman identity and braces his role as hero in Metropolis. Um, That one looks like it's definitely Cartoon Network animated. Mm -hmm. More family-friendly targeted at those probably in a younger demographic than we are so but yeah batman the cape crusader definitely seems a little bit more edgy but they also said in here that they want to reimagine the batman mythology so are we going back 
are we going back to that alley? Are we killing his parents again? <laughs> Is this like what we talked about last week with Spider-Man? Like, please don't let me see Uncle Ben die again. Yeah, they might have an episode like that. They might be starting from the beginning. Who, who, Who's to say? But I feel like origin stories told in like cartoons are a little different. It's not as, you know, has to be shoved in there on you like a, a, a movie. Um, I don't know, but I, I am... I am intrigued and excited about a new Batman animated series. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about it on this show before, but we've talked about it. We like, that's one of our all time favorite cartoons growing up. The animated series started in 94. Uh, Bruce, Tim, it's cool that he's involved with this because he's one of the original uh, creators of that show. So you can kind of see that uh, connection. The promotional art for the show looks very similar to what the animated like the same style that the animated series uh was in so i appreciate that uh involving matt reeves i find interesting because he is the like you said director of the batman movie that's coming out so it seems like it's it's cool to get his input on what's going on since dc has kind of entrusted him with the franchise for their movie so putting him on the show is just like a cool you know cohesiveness Mm-hmm. that they got going on and you know everyone knows jj abrams love him or hate him but i mean you can he's got a, he's got a lot of you know respected work out there so these three guys together doing this show is uh real cool to me and so i'm 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 anxiously awaiting seeing you know maybe a trailer or something in a while like you said it'll probably be a while before we get that i have a feeling they may try to push it f- to coincide with the the Batman movie or at least around the same time frame to like, since that'll be top of mind for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, so we might be waiting a little while for it, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested in what that show could be. Yeah. Yeah. I always check out, especially if they're going to pop up on HBO max and have access to them. Um, I know they're both cartoon network, so I don't know where HBO max and cartoon network overlap. Right. You know, from a, you know, is it going to, premiere on cartoon network and end up on hbo is it going to start on hbo and just be are they going to simulcast them um i'm I'm waiting to see what they're going to do with rick and morty here this summer i'm hoping that those show up on hbo yeah either after air or relatively soon so i can watch them oh yeah yeah that'd be that'd be good for you yeah yeah i mean that's how i watched them and i enjoyed watching rick and morty on hbo because they were unedited so that was fun i i originally started watching them on a hulu and it just wasn't the same and you watch them unedited and they just kind of flow a little bit better so it was fun to watch on that so i'm hoping with season five when that drops next month um they hit hbo like right after because that's what they've been doing with south park they'll air south park on cartoon network but for those couple specials they've done but they've showed up by the end of the week on hbo so i'm hoping that but the that one's com- that one's Comedy Central, isn't it? Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Is. So yeah, maybe so that too. That might be different. We'll see. I don't know. Anyway, but we'll back have, around, yeah. this this yeah. all seems cool. Um, I'm I'm down. I'm definitely down for a cool Batman. I really should jump into Batman Beyond. I think is up on HBO, and it's one I never jumped into. Which I know after finding out that it was like a continuation of the animated series and even had uh i'm spacing on his name kevin conroy as the uh, batman being old bruce wayne and stuff just seems so it always seemed cool to me uh i think the shift in animation kind of made me think it was something different 
that show also came out when we were a little older and maybe would have passed on stuff then now obviously because that's how time works we're even older but uh i find it easier now to revisit some of those things i may have passed on when i was like you know 18 19 and be like oh, i'm too old for this show like okay maybe i'm too old for the show but i could still love it i could still yeah. watch it now you know yes. what i mean yes Absolutely. another important another important thing about that show you mentioned in kevin conroy that'd be cool if they can get him and mark hamill to come back because those are just like two iconic um voices you associate with anything batman animated including the video games like Dude. those ga- those games would not be the same without those guys the cartoon would not be the same without those guys so if you could somehow get them on board with this then like count me all the way in if you can do yeah. that Dude, when I remember I bought Arkham Asylum and started playing that game and realized immediately, like all of a sudden Batman was Kevin Conroy. And I was like, hell no. And I had no idea. And I think I remember even texting you just going, dude, this game is the animated series. And then, yeah, heard Mark Hamill is the Joker. And you're just like, this is just perfect, perfect. man. And those games were so damn good. Definitely. Even even Origins had its uh, upsides. And they they use different uh, voice actors. It's still fun, but nothing like those rock steady Arkham games. Oh yeah, Arkham Knight was still one of the best games I played yeah. on the PS4. Definitely, I put in like easily a hundred hours plus. There's only a few games I've put in single player games. I've put in over a hundred hours, and it was Arkham Knight and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Both of those I put in over a hundred hours of just playing because those games were just just phenomenal, just phenomenal. Definitely. Maybe before Arkham Knights come out, we'll have to do an episode about the uh, history of the Arkham games. We'll we'll see. I think we might. Uh, also announced this week was a Injustice animated movie uh, based off of the Injustice video game franchise developed by Midway, the Mortal Kombat uh, developers and creators. Um, I've heard, I honestly haven't had the opportunity to play Injustice 1 or 2. I have heard that the stories for those games are awesome, and especially they were the really first fighting game to add a like a massive story mode i think since injustice came out mortal kombat started leaning really heavy with mortal kombat 9 10 and 11 with their big story mode where you're playing through like a movie which was kind of um different because most fighting games don't have a story that like they'll have a story but it'll be in text but never have where you're just watching these big cutscenes that lead into a fight that you then do um so it seems like it's a really cool uh idea so it's something i definitely want to play but injustice um like i said is based on in a set in a parallel universe within the dc comics multiverse and in this reality superman becomes a tyrant and establishes a new world order after the joker tricks him into killing lois lane and destroying metropolis with a nuclear bomb so that sounds pretty cool to me and I mean, I've it always, sounds like it sounds like the nightmare scene from Zack Snyder's Justice League is yeah. like, did he did, did he plagiarize the Injustice games for that or what? He might have. That, yeah, that pretty much was the plot that they were heading into with just those Justice League movies. So that very well could have been a story told we could have seen already, but now it looks like we're going to get an animated version of it, which is super cool. And if they follow that story, there's no idea. And once again, I don't know how that story goes from there, but I always saw the cover of the games had Batman, or, or sorry, Superman looking all evil with his red eyes and doing stuff. So it always was intriguing. And I'd definitely be checking out. I, I, I enjoy all the DC animated movies when I have an opportunity to see them. So 
Yeah, like you, I'm I'm not too familiar with the Injustice games. Never sat down to play them. I was always aware of their existence and just that, you know, they're very popular. Uh, so I, I'm not opposed to this. I would definitely give this a chance. Put it on there. Put it on my list with the long Halloween for like anticipated DC animated films, which, like you say, are all always pretty good. So yeah, bring it yeah. on. I used to buy each one when they came out, and then I kind of slowed up at some point. And now, now so many of them are up on HBO Max that I enjoy that the Warner Brothers animation gets some love there to be able to watch some of that. Um, did you ever see Batman Ninja, the anime one they did? No, I, I know, I know, I do know of its existence as well, but haven't watched it. It's pretty crazy. I bought that yeah. one. It, it was a fun one. It's definitely out there, all kinds of weird anime-ish. But the animation, I mean, it was pretty cool. I bought that one, but I know that's up on hbo max i believe so that was definitely a cool one to check out and that's me heading into we both just finished it today right before we went on recording we're going to talk about the first episode of modok modok came out hit hulu all 10 episodes of season one we were able to watch the first one to kind of get our brief idea kind of like we did jupiter's legacy is this something we're going to watch again is this something we're going to continue talking about this show and what did we think about Modoc episode one? Let me give you a brief, brief uh, idea of what Modoc is. Yeah, man, hit him with that synopsis. Hit him with the synopsis. Modoc the is a stop motion a- adult animated television series. When we first talked about it, we said, I think this is going to be TV mature. And it definitely is TV mature. And that was the route that they went with it. Um, it was developed by Jordan Bloom and Patton Oswald for Hulu. It's very, if you've watched Robot Chicken, it's pretty much that. It's, you know, something, it definitely seems like something you would see as a short on Robot Chicken, um, that you would see a five minute thing of Modoc being taken over by you know, a Google-like company. And that's pretty much what the show was about. Uh, MODOK, I'm trying to remember what he's, what's he stand for again? Mental organism? It's mental organism designed only for killing. Yes, and he is voiced by Patton Oswald, and that is exactly what he does. And first episode of MODOK, man, are you coming back to for MODOK episode two? Is this your, is this kind of comedy your thing? Uh, I mean, I doubt it. I don't think... <laughs> I don't I don't know how, how much more of that show I'm gonna wanna do. Uh not really my thing. I don't know. Uh it was entertaining enough. I could tell where they were trying to go with it and I could tell where they were trying to be funny, but I just I just didn't laugh. I didn't really laugh. Um one or two things might have made me chuckle on the inside and I know that's what they're going for, but I like didn't laugh. And you said robot chicken. It, it is robot chicken. It's like the same humor as robot chicken or like family guy or, um, you know, metalocalypse or anybody who's watched those kind of shows. Like this is, you could put the, this show right with those. And it's like the same thing, just marvelized. And just me personally, I feel like I've kind of, I don't want to say outgrown, but just like, that's not my kind of thing. I seek out like, I'll watch Robot Chicken if I'm flipping around and it's on and I'll just leave it on for a few seconds and be like, all right, I'm bored and change the channel to something else because that's just, um, I don't know. That's just how I feel about those kind of shows. And, and you know, I could tell this show took a lot of work for them to do. It's like visually it looks cool. I mean, the animation is cool. It's a fresh idea. So um, for Marvel to do to put this kind of show out, 
uh, adult adult themed and you know like you said there's some gore and language and stuff that we don't really uh see from marvel too much so that's an interesting way to look at it but just like me personally initial thought i probably am gonna pass on this one i really don't see it being much in my future um yeah i had enough of modok after one <laughs> after one episode so i don't know how you feel because we haven't really talked about it yet so no, we haven't it had some moments it had its moments uh the the waiter trying to take modok's wife telling him telling modok that she wanted a divorce and him saying you want a dove horse our dessert of a horse that's in dove chocolate and he doing that that made me chuckle but outside of that that was about the extent of the jokes that got me was dove horse which yeah. just was more just stupid i do like stupid but yeah it's i'm robot chicken was never really my thing i liked the idea of it it worked because it was in such small snippets it was a 15 minute cartoon that was broken down that 15 minutes comprised of 23 shorts you know (laughs) where you would just have stuff that would last seconds and uh that kind of had an appeal because you never knew it was like very add you know it just was like jump 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 this wanted you to sit there for 30 minutes which i thought was long if this this show should have been about 18 and i think you'd hit it i i enjoyed some of the comedy i can't say i wouldn't watch more so i yeah. might i might stick with it and see where they go with it and see what happens after uh this first episode of modok but i can definitely see where i'm good because i don't i don't <laughs> yeah. i don't nec- i'm i'm not known for watching the shows that it's based off of just for whatever reasons i don't watch them yeah so, yeah uh, if you love I, robot chicken this is all for you yeah if you're like a fan of that kind of stuff i could see this being right up your alley but like i said i may i may give it a throw on episode two just to see if i feel differently but just this is my impressions after just one episode. I don't see myself really getting too deep into it. Uh, I don't know. That's I enjoyed it better than Jupiter's legacy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I gave that one two episodes. So I figured I can at least give this one two. put it on while I eat lunch. And I don't mind a nice little 20 minute, 25 minute cartoon or show to, to watch while I eat lunch. So like I said, it might get a little bit more love and maybe we'll come back to it. But definitely, you know, if what we've described is something that you find yourself enjoying, check it out. And if definitely it seems like something that we shouldn't skip and we should enjoy and we should talk about more on the show, hit us up because you know what? Next week, we don't have anything to talk about. So MODOK might be back just by default. <laughs> oh, please. No, please. No, <laughs> I'm just going to send you a message. Hey, man, we got to talk about MODOK. We got nothing else. You better sit down and binge those nine episodes. We're talking about it. I watched all of Modoc. You must do it now too. Modoc commands you. Oh boy. But <laughs> we're here. We're here now. We need to talk about Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's new movie that hit Netflix. Hit movie theaters last week. We were able to check it out on Netflix this week. Chances are it's probably the number one movie. If you go on your Netflix, it's probably ranked number one at this point. I'm sure I've heard lots of lots of chatter already about this movie it's like your typical Zack Snyder movie it is getting a polarized I mean he has to be the most polarizing director in a long time where you just love him or hate him he's like up there with Michael Bay um you where you just watch him and he just has his style and you know watching this movie I'm sorry 
but man, Zack Snyder don't give a fuck about nothing. Man, Zack Snyder—he <laughs> just—he just does stuff, and it just—it just just cracks me up with what he does in these movies. But I watched Army of Dead. Don, we didn't talk about this movie yet. I have no idea what you thought about it. I can—I can't tell if you're giddy or rageful, like you're about to come out and be like, "Dude, this movie was blank." I have no idea. But Don, what'd you think about Army of the Dead? Did you get it watched in one sitting? What else? What were your thoughts? Uh, yeah thoughts on army of the dead um and full spoilers for army of the dead so oh yeah once yeah, again definitely. pause the show and go watch that movie if you want if you have any interest in watching Zack snyder doing a new zombie movie Can yeah you- um totally go check it out everybody it's on netflix and everybody has netflix so there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to watch it now the only uh caveat would be if you do have two hours and 30 minutes of time because that's how long this movie is it is uh pretty long um i mean in comparison to his other big movie that just came out justice league i guess it would be considered short uh in comparison to that close to four hour movie but uh yeah definitely if you have the time check it out because we're about to talk about it um my initial thoughts of this were uh, you know it's definitely made for the snyder fan base like it's another um love letter to his loyal fans who you know i guess are out there in the masses my problem is I'm trying to decide where I fit in, in that Snyder fan base. Like, am I on, am I on, am I one, am I one who yearns for these movies or am I the one who, you know, is going to criticize them, which, you know, like you say, there's two sides to it. I feel like I put myself kind of in the middle. Like I'm not a diehard Snyder guy who loves everything he does and like thinks this guy can do no wrong. Cause he can definitely do wrong. And he does. And I mean, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> but uh um Dude, you're killing me you're killing me here because you're just you're <laughs> dancing around this thing and i'm just waiting for you to be like dude this movie was and i still have it you're just dancing around you're killing me no because what i'm really <laughs> trying to get at is i'm not i don't i don't really know if i loved or hated this movie like that's what i'm that's what i'm kind of trying to say i think it was <laughs> i think it was fun i think it was fun um i had a lot of problems i had problems with it but i also had some things i liked about it um so man that's just like kind of how i felt about justice league too like i don't know how to feel about Zack snyder as a director i really don't like go i don't know whether i love it or hate it and when i'm when i was done watching it i tried to sit there and, and think about well how am i going to talk about this movie and it's like i don't know how i'm going to talk about this movie because i liked a lot of it but i also like rolled my eyes at a lot of it too you know what i'm saying so i don't know before we analyze it i want to know what like you think about it initially like what's your someone says army of the dead chris what'd you think you say release the snyder cut i want a four-hour cut of army of the dead (laughs) this movie this this movie's terrible this movie i mean this movie was And I'm I'm saying that in the most loving way possible. It's as you said it, you said it perfectly. It's a Zack Snyder movie. You love it. You love Zack Snyder or you hate Zack Snyder. There's no, there's really no middle ground. I like the fact that for the first time in a long time, because Zack Snyder has been stuck behind DC movies, trying to create that DC universe. This is him stepping out going, 
Like, like I said in the beginning, he just does not care. And he just was like, I'm going to throw everything at the wall in this movie. I'm going to make a zombie movie that like no one's ever seen before. And it's just going to be pure insanity for two and a half hours, which is a ridiculous runtime for this movie. It did not need to be two and a half hours at all, but I did not mind that it was because I felt that the movie moved. There was a story in the film. It jumped. The action was tightly paced with the dialogue they gave you enough that i didn't i could tell it was long but i didn't it didn't feel like it dragged it never dragged there always had something going on whether it was good or bad something was always happening in this movie so there was no time to really kind of wait for a scene to end um but like i said we can jump all into that but that's kind of where i am (laughs) if they dropped a four-hour snyder cut of this movie i would probably watch it just to see more Um, netflix also dropped a shooting of this movie that i really want to watch because i noticed during the opening credits that Zack snyder was also the director of photography for this movie which means he pretty much shot the majority of the movie himself and i'm really curious what that looked like from just a filmmaker standpoint um yeah my creativity with my my profession and what i do and everything else i'm just very you know interested in what that looks like um so i'm excited to check that out here hopefully probably at some point other this weekend i haven't had a chance to watch that yet Um, but that was kind of where i was like like i said there's there's so much bad in this but it all depends on what you were like i i have a a group chat for a website that i uh, well i haven't written for in a while but uh, moviebabble.com you go check them out but i was watching even before i turned this movie on they have a disc we have a discord channel where we can chat and there's a spoiler one so i started getting all these alerts on my phone and it was all these people just going this movie is so bad and it was all of them just bashing this movie and then you had a couple that were standing up for it in their own ways but it really just depends on what kind of movies you like and especially from a zombie genre like this one if you saw dawn of the dead that Zack snyder did one of his first movies his first big movie that movie did some crazy stuff you know it had a zombie baby which ironically (laughs) army of the dead did too Um, spoiler spoiler that that, that was that was one of the scenes where i i mentioned earlier about eye rolling that was definitely one of them well what Uh, hurt what hurt the zombie baby in this one is you didn't have ving rames going oh hell no you give me Ving right. Rames, yeah, yeah, shooting a, a zombie baby, then you know you're missing that that moment. You didn't have that in this. M- Makai Pfeiffer getting all <laughs> protective of his yeah. zombie. This is baby. my baby. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch that movie again. It's been a while. Yeah, uh, but I don't. I don't. Where? Where? What do you want? What? What do you want to talk most? Do you want to talk about something that you didn't like? Do you want to talk about when you rolled your eyes? Do you want to talk about the actual plot of the movie? I mean, we can go through a brief plot. Oh, yeah, for yeah. Who you, aren't going to watch this? Yeah, if you want to hit them with a quick like plot recap, short one, and then we could talk about pros and cons. However, you, if that's what you want to do, yeah, we could do it that way. So this movie was the op- you have to get through the first fifteen minutes of this movie, like basically the opening credits. From the opening scene through the opening credits, this movie is terrible. This is the most ridiculous thing you'll watch. I watched the opening of this movie and I was like, uh-oh. And then I watched the opening credits and I was like, uh-oh. And just when the movie starts, I was like, this is this is not good. This is not going to be good. And I couldn't. I, so the beginning is just terrible. But basically we have this. And once again, last chance to get out because I'm, I'm we're going full spoilers now. But you have this movie where you have this like, these truck drivers 
that we're, we're told based on through their dialogue that they're traveling from Area 51 and they're driving through the desert and they're driving past Las Vegas and they're trying to get, they're ca carrying like cargo and they're making jokes on what can we be taking? What, what are we carrying? And of course, as the viewer, you're like, well, they have a zombie in there. Yeah. And then they're going, but then they cut us to a newlywed couple that is leaving Vegas after they just got married. So they're like, woo, woo, woo. And they're like laughing and they're driving the opposite direction. So you're like, well, I see where this is going, but how are we going to yeah. get there? You could spot that what was coming like a mile yeah. away. So you're that. like, okay, this seems weird. So now, now my brain scatters to the pitch meeting for this where they go, okay, we need to have these cars crash into each other. How do we do it? And somebody in this room full of dudes that I'm imagining, because I don't imagine anybody but a bunch of white dudes in a room pitching. No, there's, thing. There, there was no women in that room. Believe <laughs> me. <laughs> no, there was no women in this room. And they decided that they'd be like, well, we're going to have this overly hot woman with this yeah. severely unattractive man. Yeah. And she's going to say, thanks for making me an honest woman, baby, and climb in his lap and start giving him roadhead down the highway. Yeah. And this, this poor dweeb could not control himself <laughs> as he is being serviced down the highway and he crashes into the van at his moment of release. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's the, the old road blowy that costs you your life that you get, that, that causes you to crash into a convoy of army vehicles and your car just to explode on impact. Right as he yelled, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it is so stupid i'm just like yeah, oh was, my god and, that was rough and then all of a sudden for whatever reason the cargo flips and crashes in the road but then conveniently like three minutes later the front door just drops open you're like well why would it drop open why would this yeah. open but then this it releases a zombie and the zombie starts attacking the soldiers that survived the crash and they start turning into more zombies and then they show them looking at vegas all the lights and glory that is las vegas so then we're sitting there looking at that going up and then we get the title screen where they basically start showing they're playing viva las vegas or yeah it was you know zach snyder's huge on his music stuff and sometimes too corny of choices but like this was just too an obvious choice to play elvis viva las vegas like a cover of it over uh this opening scene that they do over the title cards which is showing basically all the chaos that is turning Vegas from regular Vegas to into like a zombie wasteland. That's basically what we get in this, what felt like 10 minutes of, uh, of opening sequence. Um, I feel like me and you might differ a little bit on feelings of that. I thought that was okay. I thought the, the stuff in there was cool. Uh, some of the, some of the scenes, I mean, it was a little cheesy, but I was watching that. And once I got through the movie, I was like, man, I would have almost rather seen a movie about uh, how Vegas got turned into this wasteland. Like all that stuff they showed me in the opening, like how we got to this point, than the movie I actually saw. By the end of the opening credits, I will give you the opening credits started to tell a story showing Batista and his like team starting to like try to get people out of the city and the chaos of walling up the city to try to keep the dead contained it was more of when it started and we had all of the topless go-go dancers yeah. biting dudes on the crotch and like close-ups of genitalia where i'm just like i didn't what it just it just went from like yeah. easy to 
just it just kind of it was it was just jarring like you're just yeah okay and they were just doing these close-ups of these naked women just you just saw breasts bouncing down the hall as these zombies yeah. were attacking part, those parts seemed unnecessary that's kind of like going along with his style though doesn't he always kind of like do something crazy in the beginning of movies like to kind of set his tone and be like this is a you are now watching a Zack Snyder production that kind of seems like his thing yeah uh yeah yeah but I totally get um some of that stuff just being way too out there and being like okay now I see how like silly this this movie's gonna be yeah 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 you know you know so yeah So, so then from there we basically go to the setup where now Vegas has been when this this cracked me up and this is when i honestly was like all right i'm I'm in this movie all the way and it happened quick because by the end of the credits i was like okay this is kind of cool and then when they're showing the news reporter saying it's been so many days since the zombie vegas has been walled off and the president has decided to detonate a nuke a low yield nuke on vegas to go off at dawn on fourth of july and that cracked me up that they were just like yeah because the president says it would be really really cool (laughs) i was like yeah that was another little eye roll moment for me like okay we get it fourth of july matching up with a nuclear blast okay uh yeah yeah so then they wanted to basically we had uh the same dude who was in mortal Kombat as scorpion showed up to recruit batista for getting his team back together to go into Vegas one more time before the town is destroyed and get basically rob a casino for all of his, it, it was this dude's casino as far as yeah, I'm it's aware. His, yeah, it was, it was said to be his casino with money, his money in the vault that he can't reach. So he had to like recruit this team of mercenaries to um, get in there and get it for him. That was that was originally what he said. We'll find out later what his uh, true meaning was. But the way he presented it to uh, Dave Batista, Scott Ward, this was his character nice. name, it was for him to uh, assemble his team to get in there and get it. Yeah. So. So then we get classic heist movie montage of recruiting the team, which is always fun, and it was no different in this one. It was fun to watch him go around all the different team members and. Yeah, we can tell we can we can tell that Zack Snyder's watched uh, his fair share of Oceans movies and and anything like that where you got to assemble like the one last job kind of a movie. How many times have we had that? This is like Zack Snyder's one last job. Oh yeah, but there's also zombies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that we establish our team, we get everybody set up, we know everybody's motivations, we get our our team that's going in and they decide, you know, this is our plan. We're going to break into the quarantine zone and we are going to go to this casino and see how many dead are left and what's going on. So after we get through that setup period of time, we now head into Las Vegas where we discover it's not what we thought it was going to be because there's actually a hierarchy and like a civilization of dead in there. And uh, one, the, the girl that they brought in as their guide basically told them that like, Hey, we have to leave somebody behind as a sacrifice. And somebody, one of the jerk characters that she brought in, they shoot him and leave him as a sacrifice to be turned into a zombie. And we have smart zombies. And then we have what they called shamblers and we're just kind of pushing through. And then of course the, uh, the main guy from Mortal Kombat, I can't, I don't know his character's name, Takashi or something. Yeah. I think that was pretty close. Um, <laughs> he comes in and Tamagotchi. 
<laughs> the, the little pet Tamaguchi. <laughs> I gotta feed my Tamaguchi. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it wasn't that, but no. but he okay. came in and uh, he sent in a mercenary with them to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be told. And uh, it led to I mean, when the movie really grabbed my attention was when they were in the, when they get into the hotel and they went walked into that giant room with all the zombies sleeping, and they had to kind of go through. And the mercenary guy decided to kill the one girl on the team who didn't like him and felt he was up to something. So he kind of sabotaged her to get killed. And she goes on this just crazy action montage where she just starts murdering zombies upon zombies upon zombies. And I loved that scene. I thought that was really cool. And I wanted her to survive that so bad. And I'm kind yeah. of mad that they didn't. Like, you, let, you, you had her do all of this awesome shit. You needed to have her survive that. Yeah, I felt like that was definitely a cool scene uh but even rewinding a little bit one of my issues with this movie was how long it actually took us to get to scenes like that like it it took about an hour into this movie to get them out of the quarantine zone and out into the field uh you know following the character you mentioned like they kept referring to her as coyote like her the guy the girl who's going to lead them out here on this mission but just like the time it took to get out there is one of my issues um yeah just that's a Zack snyder problem man just takes too long to get too long to get too long to get to stuff he had too many characters there were a lot of characters that we were introducing because we were introducing the team which made up of like five or six characters then we had scott's uh, batista's daughter who had her own side plot with some weird family, which I thought was really weird because they wanted to get her into the the Vegas. But like her whole motivation was that one of her friends wanted to go in and before they blew up Vegas and rob to get money to get her and her kids a better life. So she left her kids behind to go into Vegas. And then Scott's daughter found out that the kids were just left alone in a tent and they weren't being evacuated. And, and they're like, oh my them. God. And then she left them to go find the mom who was probably dead because she didn't come back from Vegas. Right. But now what happened to those kids? Yeah, who's watching those kids? Did those kids make it on a bus? <laughs> yeah, the more responsible thing for her to do is being like, well, I'll care for you kids. You're while my your kids mom now. is gone. Yeah. I'll go tell my combat trained father to be on the lookout for you and bring you back if you're alive, which you're probably not. And and I'll do the responsible thing because I'm not trained in anything. Like I'm not a soldier. I'm just like some girl um, being thrown into whatever. Um, I'll watch the kids. That would have been like a more realistic approach to that. Yeah. But I guess they just had to, they had to have the family dynamic, like the, the father daughter um, feels controversy which was a big plot in this movie which i feel like they did maybe not in a great way just it kind of felt added on and thrown in there for just you know some soft moments they had to have but uh and but i i give them credit for having outside of those kids every other plot line was closed like they gave you an answer for every other reasons a character had a feeling about whatever so i thought that was very interesting but yeah these okay. four kids just got left behind and i had no idea but yeah i didn't need the the daughter who's mad at her dad for killing her mom when her mom turned into a zombie and even though they kind of came back to that i was like this is i'm like dad you killed you killed mom when she became a zombie that yeah kind of thing and i was close that guy's name was tanaka so oh tanaka you almost got it i almost got it i almost got it 
so then, yeah, it took us a while to get in there, but then we realized there were smart zombies and we realized there was a queen zombie and the king zombie, which is the guy who got released from the, the accident in the beginning. And there was immediately, they showed us that there was a tiger zombie, which was amazing <laughs> as you shake your head. <laughs> One of Siegfried and Roy's uh, tigers got turned into a zombie. Right. That was that was something they revealed to us that so we already knew about it from like trailers. It was one of their, I'm sure, selling points of this movie. They had to be like, hey, look, we got a zombie tiger. Uh, and the zombie tiger did in, hit, in its last scene of the movie, it like redeemed itself to me that it, it was a cool thing to have included. Uh, but just during the beginning, I was like, okay, like, I get it. You're trying to be different and edgy with your zombie-fied huge tiger, but yeah have you ever seen the movie zombies nope and i (laughs) (laughs) i watched it and it's about a zoo where all the animals turn into zombies and it's hilarious and they made a zombies too and i have not watched it but zombies (laughs) was so stupid i mean i give them award for most uh creative title there that's zombies that's zombies that's good <laughs> but yes the first hour was a little draggy and it did have its weird plots and unnecessariness once we got to vegas though it really didn't slow down too much they kind of really jumped with the zombie action and like i said they had the big fight in the the bottom of the uh the casino they turned on the power they got to that vault pretty quick the one question that i had was why did they have to bring in a safe cracker to break into someone's casino vault why couldn't he just give them the combo that that they was never like flushed out or explained i didn't know i didn't know if uh they just were assuming or it was implied that he didn't know the combination to his own safe or how to get in his own safe but how wouldn't he he's yeah. like the he's like the owner and you know whatever of this safe and hotel how would he not have known how to just get in there he would realistically he would have been able to be like yeah just uh do this do this especially a i mean how were they i mean they had no warning for the the raiders of the lost ark type booby traps that were on this damn thing i mean this was like guarded like the ark of the covenant and you know with blow guns shooting darts and guns and a wall that closed to smash people you know like this vault was protected insanity wise you would imagine that they should have i mean they seemed like they knew that it was going to have those things but should have been a way to turn that off you know i mean if i was you would think so if i was going in regardless of the amount of money that'd be the first question on my mouth is like yeah we'll go in and we'll go get your money but you need to tell us how to i mean i'm not gonna just have to figure out how to break into the vault you need to give me the combo man definitely yeah he could have been not in there if that that would have made sense to like you wouldn't have needed a safe cracker i'm somewhat glad they did because he was one of the brighter spots of the cast um you know some a lot of these characters if i'm talking about my cons were pretty unforgettable or not unforgettable but pretty forgettable for me Mm -hmm. um a lot of unnecessary guys but he he was one of the ones who actually you know was a bright spot him i would say um i liked dave batista some mostly the coyote character i did like the head of security guy um who we talked about i like that actor oh yeah garrett dillahunt yeah everything every time he pops up in something i like i'm like oh yeah cool this guy he he's always pretty good uh but yeah a lot of the characters were just um 
forgettable for me. And so when eventually they died, which you know is going to happen in zombie movies, you know half the half the cast, if not more, is going to die. That was one of my problems with this movie is I just didn't care because I didn't care about the character. You know what I'm saying? Like that, like the scene you were talking about that you loved at the beginning with the girl um, going off against like the regular zombies, Mm -hmm. which poses another issue that I'll bring up later, like the underuse of regular zombies, like too much smart zombies, not enough regular zombies. Um, But yeah, that scene was cool, but her dying at the end of it and like making this big thing where the other guy, like the YouTuber guy who brought her in was like, Oh, and like being all sad that she's going to die. I get it on his perspective, but like, why do I care? Like, I don't care about this, this girl. She's had no character development. Uh, all I know is like, she just had a badass scene where she's like a badass, but what do I care that she's getting blown up? And, uh, a bunch of the other characters, man, like we could talk about it once we progress later into like us talking about the movie, but when they died, I'm like, so what do i like what do i what do i care that they they're gone no yeah the pilot made me laugh so i cared about her yeah because her introduction was funny to me like just that idea where they're like when they show up to get her and she's like hey what's up they're like well we got a job what's it pay two million dollars okay i'm in and she's like i don't care and just her dry delivery that she did and i i always enjoy her when she pops up and stuff so I enjoyed her. So I cared about that character. But yeah, the YouTuber. Now, the YouTuber female, I didn't know who she was or anything about her. But then they did that scene and I was like, I totally want her to live this scene. And then then the fact to more in my head, I'm just like, when they decided to kill her, I'm like, really? And especially when that dude, Guzman, was sitting there holding the gun and we're like, you can go help her. Go help her, man. You're like standing 20 feet away. Why are you letting her get overrun with zombies? Come on, Guzman. And how did he know that explosion that he caused by shooting her gas tank wouldn't be big enough to like kill him? He knew I'm just far away. I'm just, just far away far enough. enough away. Yeah. See now that uh, that cracked me up because they kept calling him Guzman, 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 yeah. and it cracked me up because I I don't know if you've ever seen it, but on Community, they have this one scene with uh, Luis Guzman, okay, the actor, and he comes to film like a commercial for the school. And he shows up and the whole school's deserted. And he's walking around the halls and he just goes, hey, it's me, Louis Guman. <laughs> and he cracks me <laughs> up the way he says it. And he does it. And so every time they kept saying, Guzman, 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 that's all I kept hearing was Louis Guzman. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I kept just picturing Louis, Louis, Louis Guzman like that actor in that role it just was cracking me up so i like that character more just because they named him guzman <laughs> right it brought up some good nostalgia feelings for you about community yeah 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 i don't know you were speaking about that uh the pilot which i did like Tignotaro. her yeah. name she was good in this but did you are you aware of like the way she became a part of this movie like uh all the stuff with that no with like she replaced well she replaced chris Delia, is that how you say his name? Do you know who I'm talking about? Chris Delia. Uh-uh. Okay, he's another guy who um is like a comedian. Tignotero has a comedic background. He was like originally cast in her part. Um, and there's been a lot of stuff out there about his, um sexual misconduct with him in real life before this movie came out. Like multiple instances so it's not like it's you know coming out of nowhere. It's coming from multiple things. So he's one of these guys, you know one of these scumbag guys so they Zack Snyder replaced him in this movie but it was already filmed so they brought in 
by wanting to take him out, they brought in Tignor Taro to like fill in and play this role, but they couldn't refilm the scenes because of COVID. Uh, so every scene you see her in in that movie is green screen. She's like not with them. She's huh. not. She's not in the rooms with them. She, they filmed all her scenes on green screen and just added her in. And me knowing that before I watched this movie, like kind of threw me off, especially I could notice it during that first scene. Like it was the back and forth and they were never next to each other. Yeah. But like throughout the movie, they edited her in so well that she like, it was hard to tell unless you knew, but there always was like this little, if you look close, like if you ever go back and watch this again, if you look close, there's like a soft little fuzz always around her and like it kind of was taking me out of it like because huh. i knew it because i knew in my mind is like she's not in that room with all of them they like filmed all her scenes that's just like something small that i know they couldn't help and you know props to Zack snyder for you know getting a bad guy out of his movie um and inserting somebody better for the role anyway i think uh but that yeah that kind of took me out of it here and there man like I don't know. It it was it was That's wild. Crazy, yeah. I, I'm I'm seeing articles now that like Batista said he's never met her. He says, and it's yeah. really weird watching the movie and seeing this actor alongside him that he's never met before. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like that's crazy. I, yeah, I did not know they did that. I I they did a great job with that. I had no idea. Yeah, dude. Like, no idea. I wish I wouldn't have known and then read it later, but it, like it took me out it took me out a little bit because that's all i was thinking of every scene you wanted to look for it every scene she was in i'm looking like man she's not there this is all green screen like but they oh man somebody just touched her on the arm like how did they do that and like she's standing right next to them and like i don't know it was dude it was, it was a tr- it was blew trippy. my mind <laughs> blew my mind with that i had no idea that that was a thing that's awesome yeah wow. it was just a, just another little layer of the onion peeling back the onion there uh, okay I need to talk about these zombies. <laughs> yeah. Screw the plot for a second because there was barely one. They were going in. They were trying to get this casino vault. They kind of broke in. All hell was going loose because the president decided on a whim to detonate the bomb 24 hours early, which meant now all of a sudden, instead of 24 hours, our heroes had an hour to get out of Vegas before somehow not dying from exposure to fallout or EMPs or anything that happens when a nuclear bomb goes off that would kill them instantly. So that's, Mm. that's our plot. But we had the zombies and we had the zombie King who was riding around on a zombie horse wearing a zombie Cape. And then he had a helmet to protect him (laughs) from getting shot in the head and yeah. I saw him slide that helmet down when he saw them. And then they started shooting him with these perfect headshots. And it's like, ding, ding, ding. And then he was looking at him, dude. And I died. I died. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. I was like, dude, that is just, I don't know. That's hilariously smart for a zombie movie. We're like, we're yeah. going to make this motherfucker have <laughs> a helmet that slides down to protect him from headshots. I was like, that is so funny. It is funny. And I'm, I, I don't mind, I don't mind smart, smarter zombies. I don't mind fast zombies. Like 28 days later is one of my favorite zombie ish things, but they were like too fast and like too smart. Like these zombies were just dodging bullets. Come on. And they were just going back and forth. It wasn't even trying to dodge bullets. They were just back and forth. They were just even, even, even in that, even in that, yeah, they were, they were dodging bullets like Kung Fu Master. Even, even in the first, even in the first scene when we talked about already where the, the original alpha zombie comes out of that thing and he's dodging all his bullets. Dude, he he was so close range. I'm like, (laughs) 
how is he not hitting him? He's just like foo, 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 juking and moving. Like, dude, yeah. you have a machine gun. How have you not made? You can't make contact with this guy. Is he like, is this Bruce Lee zombie or Superman or what is going on? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm cool. Like I said, I'm cool with smart zombies, but I, they made them too too smart. Like it, it it ceases being a zombie movie and it starts just being like, okay, he's a monster. He's these are monsters. These are just like creatures. Uh who have a brain and are smarter than us and know how to make helmets that can deflect bullets, I guess. And capes. <laughs> he thinks that it's cool to wear a cape. And... Yeah, he needed that cape. <laughs> right. Riding his zombie steed all throughout the Las Vegas uh, environment. Outrunning yeah. helicopters. Yeah. I like, I like the idea and it's a fresh idea to have the alpha zombies be smarty but it is just like slightly overdone their level of intelligence to make them more imposing i guess uh i don't know is that kind of where you were going with that yeah, no yeah it it made the movie and i appreciate that they just like i said and like i said in the beginning Zack snyder doesn't care and he just was like anything that seemed remotely cool he just threw it in this movie and he's like, yeah, we're going to have a, a zombie tiger. Yeah. Zombie horse. We're going to have this dude who pulls down a helmet and he blocks all the headshots. We're not going to shoot him in the leg. We're not going to do anything. Cause you only shoot zombies in the, the head. We don't want to slow him down. We're just going to, you know, this is just what's going to happen. And he just went for whatever he wanted to do from a comedy standpoint to an action standpoint. He just made his movie and even the balls on him to throw the cranberry song zombie in there. Like, come on, you know how many people who have restrained themselves? Like this dude has no restraint. <laughs> like, you know how many zombie movies probably wanted to put that song in it just because oh, even that song is about like mass, mass, you know, uh, genocide in Ireland or whatever that song is actually about. But we're, oh, it's called Zombie, so let's 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 put Cranberry Zombie in there. And Zack Snyder was like, you know what? It's cliche to do it, but I'm gonna do it. Like it's just yeah. he just googled Every... Zombie, and that's what came up. Zombie music, and that song came up, and he was like, it's got to be in my movie. <laughs> Yeah, every director of any zombie movie of all time has wanted to put that in their movie, Zack Snyder. Yeah. You're just the only one who's like, yeah, I'll do it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah, that's that's funny. When I when I heard it, I was like, oh no, is yeah. like, is this embarrassing or is it like brilliant? It's hard to like. You don't know, and <laughs> like, that's and that's Zack Snyder's career. Is it embarrassing or is it brilliant? I mean, yeah, it's that's a way to sum it up right there. You don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah that should be the title of this episode army right. of the dead brilliant or embarrassing <laughs> right you decide i don't i don't know i yeah, don't it's know hard. It's what, hard, this movie, man. what this movie was it just was it was just this kaleidoscope of insanity and i really found myself by the end of this thing really enjoying it and i'm sorry we had a fight with uh with the mercenary and the tiger that scene went way longer than it needed to and they were just oh, yeah. fighting back and he was fighting a tiger and i was just like dude this mo this movie is just yeah just amazing in those ways when he just does like oh, i'm gonna have this dude he's gonna fight a tiger real quick scene's gonna go you know it should just be a quick pounce but now we're gonna go a solid 90 seconds of this fight <laughs> two minutes whatever we got two hours two and a half hours of this movie let's just have him fight this tiger and start trying to kick back and oh man it was so yeah like like close up on his face of him like totally destroyed and wrecked and then you know i'm gonna end this with like a slow tiger bite of let's bite his whole face off i'm zach snyder this is my movie <laughs> like that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's what we got there uh <laughs> yeah man like you say 
it's so I don't want to say bad, but it's so like just off and makes you scratch your head that it's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I that's do. that's just that's just how I describe all most of his movies. This is like ah, uh, it's so bad, but I'm watching it and it's good. I don't know. I don't I'm, know. I'm about entertained. So it's yeah. like you can't you can't hate on it as much as you want to because you've sat through two and a half hours. You yeah. watched the whole damn movie, and then you sat here and you talked to your friends about it, and you guys are cracking up because it was so ridiculous and i mean how many zombie movies have we watched that are i mean just movies in general we're talking about shoot him up with clive owen having a gunfight while he's free falling through the sky or using his gun to cut a woman's umbilical cord as he gave as he assists her birth in the middle of a gunfight like that's all ridiculous but when you're watching it you're like i can't believe my eyes are seeing this this is awesome <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> this this was like right along those lines of that just like ridiculous to the point of uh just like insane but enough to entertain you so it's very hard i don't know what 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 would you say is like unless you had more like your final verdict on this movie like what is your final thoughts of um how this movie made you feel and just where you will what you'll think about like carry with you thinking about this movie when when someone says chris what did you think of army of the dead you're gonna say i loved it (laughs) okay like i just i just did it was just it was different it was refreshing it was stupid it was like i can't i can't just tell people to go watch you know i can't just be like oh my god you know you watch a movie and you're just like dude that movie was so good i watched sound of metal on amazon that movie was amazing that's yeah. a movie you tell people like, dude, that movie just, you know, you feel something, you're emotionally attached. This movie is none of that. This movie is just visceral. It is just insanity from, I mean, like I said, you are starting this movie with Roadhead and ending it with a nuclear blast across, you know, Las Vegas and characters that just disappear. We did that whole movie trying to rescue that one woman. She got on the helicopter. You never saw her again. What happened to her? Which woman are you talking about? The, the, the uh, woman who ditched her kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, you never saw her die. You never saw. She was just on the helicopter that crashed. Yeah. You never. Yeah, the, there there was a lot. Of, there was other loose ends too, like the coyote character, the girl. They threw that spike. He threw that spike through her and pinned her up against a wall. She dropped his queen's head onto the thing, and then he just like growled, and we never saw anything else about her. Did like he bite her? Did he bite her? Did he kill her? I, <laughs> my thought would have been was like, oh, he's about to make her his new queen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because he respects her that she's like a tough fighter and like a tough human. Like, it'd been cool if he like would have like made her the next queen or something. But they just never went back to it. Like, we didn't talk about it. Like the the kid in the 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 safe cracker. Like we were just assuming he died. We didn't see anything that said he died. I thought he might have crawled up out of the thing with the. Uh, why didn't he lock himself in the safe? Exactly that too. Like why didn't why didn't he get in there with him? Why didn't he just pull it closed? Oh, it can only be closed from the outside. We don't know that. Like, How did that guy get it? out of the safe? Exactly. How did that guy get out of the safe? We don't know that either. He just climbed so, out of a, a manhole. He just <laughs> climbed out of the ground. So if it would have been that easy, anybody could have got in that safe just a reverse way. You just got out. Yeah. We could have we could have saved this whole movie to get in that safe by just going in the way you just came out because you clearly got out some way. Oh like, yeah, no, this movie, it, it 
like I said, it's a Zack Snyder movie. And I mean, and that's, I mean, really at this point, after the years, I mean, this dude's been around making movies for 20 years. I really think you just know what a Zack Snyder movie is. I think if someone says, hey, what did you think of it? It was a Zack Snyder movie. I always enjoyed his movies. I, I really can't hate on any of them. I loved Dawn of the Dead. I thought that was a great zombie movie. I still think it holds up. I want to watch it again now. Um, just to see where he started 20 years ago in zombie movies and where he is now. But I always loved that movie. I just thought it was a great movie. 300 obviously is just like one, I mean, one of the greatest comic book adaptation movies followed by, depending on how you feel about it, Watchmen, which was, you know, shot for shot. I mean, pulled, he used the comic book as a storyboard, which you have to admire that regardless of how you feel about that adaptation. I mean, he, he took the source material serious as hell. Yeah. Which is the reason why Alan Moore hates it so much to this day is, well, I mean, he's just a hateful guy anyway. He doesn't want anything being remade of his. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm among the crowd that really enjoyed Snyder's three um, Watchmen movie yeah. and 300. And, you know, I, I like justice league. I just, I liked the cut. We just watched of it all four hours of it um yeah, was it so, good i don't know right <laughs> i know i liked it though i enjoyed it i can't yeah. i can't it's it's just Zack snyder has just become what he is i don't know i saw a thing today that his his next goals is he wants to shoot a religious film and a porno i saw that too. i saw something like that too it's what like is that he about? just he has no bounds he just wants yeah. it. he just wants it all and i just i don't know it's just he's just a you just know it's a Zack Snyder movie and that's exactly what this was. It was just ridiculous, but kind of all in the best ways. What did, what was your overall Don army of dead? Should I watch it? What'd you think? If someone was to ask me that who hadn't seen this movie and they were like, you saw it and I'd be like, Oh yeah, I saw it. Oh, should I watch it? I'd say, yeah, you should watch it. I was like, it's going to be fun. It's fun enough. I'm like, there's not a lot to it. It was like, don't expect any like profound make you think like, you won't be sitting there after the movie. We all know the kind of movies where you watch it and you're sitting there afterwards and you're thinking about everything you just saw and it like sticks with you for days. Like this movie ain't going to stick with you for days. You're not going to be like pondering this movie days later and be like, oh, like replaying it all in your head. But it's a fun, like it's a fun horror action heist all in one movie. Um, You're going to laugh. You're going to roll your eyes. um, You're going to like be entertained by some of the action they had a lot of cool action pieces in there that we haven't seen before um but yeah i mean there's nothing special about this movie i wouldn't say it's a special movie that is a must-see but i would advise people to watch it and i i just had fun so that's my like main word that goes with it it's a fun movie um yeah it's a a zack snyder it's a zack snyder zombie movie where he tried to do something different zombies have been around and i mean they've had their heyday where everybody wanted zombies and they they were in popular culture as the biggest thing uh, 10 years ago they've kind of faded off they're not as big as they were and he said you know what let's do something different with it and i think he was successful with it even though like i said it's a Zack snyder movie don i think we talked enough about zombies i want to know what you're geeking out on this week man yes my geeking out topics this week are um two comic books uh 
one called Geiger from Image Comics, and the other one is Noctera, also from Image Comics. And it's interesting, we were both um, just talking about Army of the Dead, which is like apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic, not world, but Vegas in that movie. But uh, <clears throat> similarly, both these comics deal with sort of post-apocalyptic worlds. Uh, I'll start with Geiger. Um, and like I said, both of these comics only have two issues out so far so if you're interested after hearing me talk about them issues one and two should not be too hard to find um for either one but yeah geiger is created by jeff johns and gary frank who um i know chris is making that face there they are the same same creative team who uh made doomsday clock for dc comics which depending on how you look at it is you know received one or two different ways you either love that or you hated it the i won't get too deep into it because i didn't read it but i am aware of it chris might be able to speak on that more later uh but yeah jeff johns um he's more he's like basically the head of writing at dc and he's been involved in a lot of dc uh adaptations as well he's got his name attached on there um and he's another guy you lo- you love him or you hate him. I'm kind of in between. I I liked his work um in the New 52 like originally he was the original Justice League writer, uh him and Jim Lee and the first two arcs of that I really loved. They were going up against Darkseid and Jim Lee art you got to love and and I just liked that. So I don't have a huge issue with Jeff Johns and I heard this was his first creator owned book. He's never like ventured out to do creator owned uh, so I was interested in it, and it's called Geiger. It is set in the world ravaged by a nuclear war. Um, scavenger outlaws like roam the wastelands of this place uh, in like battle with each other for survival, and they have to always wear these radiation suits outside. Everybody you see is wearing radiation suits. Well, right at the beginning of issue one, it's two guys in radiation suits talking about the rumors of this um, man who is able to exist outside without a radiation suit. And uh, one guy seems to know about it. And the other one seems like he's a rookie and he's asking, he's like, you know, are the, the fables of the tale of this man true. And they call him the one who walks outside without a suit. And he's like, yeah, he's had other nicknames like Joe glow, the man of max destruction, the walking bomb, the meltdown man. And, and he's just like this fabled guy. And so they start telling the story of him, and, uh, he is a we get an introduction to this character who the comic is called Geiger and his name is Geiger um he's a he's a man who was deep into while the nuclear war was going on he was deep into like the theories and what was going to happen and he's trying to protect his family because he thinks this nuclear strike is going to come down any day uh and he gets them into this fallout shelter something happens with his angry his neighbors know that he has this fallout shelter to protect him and his family and they try to overtake it and stuff happens and he ends up being left outside when the nuclear blast finally hit finally hits with his family safely in this fallout shelter um so then we fast forward a bunch of years and he becomes this he's a guy who we don't know how as readers but he didn't die from the nuclear blast but he has all these nuclear powers and he like glows and everyone's scared of him. And um, this is just a great book to me. It, it's it's a really strong introduction. I recommend everybody read it. Um, it has a tight origin story for the first issue. A lot of origin stories can get kind of like drawn out, but this one feels really tight. Um, 
it's a lot of world building a lot of world building like jeff johns has a lot of dc sensibilities but i feel like him moving to image like gives him a little more room to stretch his legs and like uh create a world for this like we're also introduced to a character who's the king and he rules over this dominion like las vegas it's Las Vegas, funnily enough, just like we watched in Army of the Dead. I guess they like Las Vegas for po- post-apocalyptic tales. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely into what's going on here. It's a really strong start, solid start. Stuff like this has been done already in like Mad Max, but something feels fresh about it. Just like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. So I definitely recommend you read it. Geiger, issues one and two. On uh, my second series would be Noctera, which is another image uh, title and that's brought to us by scott snyder and tony daniel um for those who i think we've talked a little bit about scott snyder before um behind some of the best stories of batman and tony daniel's also known for his work on batman when the new 52 launched scott snyder and tony daniel were the two batman head writers um Tony Daniel is also known for his art, which he does in this. He's more known for his art, I should say. But in the New 52, he did Detective Tom, uh, Detective Comics, wrote Andrew. Um, so I'm familiar with these guys. So when I saw they were teaming up, I was interested right from the start. Um, this is like a story of it's a world that's suspended in everlasting dark. We still don't know yet. Like I said, both these issues are just one and two, but something happens where like a darkness envelops this entire world and the only safety is near artificial light. So like in this world, the people who survived have set up these outposts that have, uh, you know, lights set up everywhere. There's rumored to be sanctuaries, which are giant cities. Uh, which we haven't seen which could be illuminated by light to like keep people protected but uh anybody who has been exposed to this darkness for too long becomes like these zombified uh creatures and it happens to animals too um won't get too deep into it for spoiler reasons i don't want to spoil it for anybody who wants to read it but the the main protagonist val rig she's really cool she's like a truck driver who uh, drives between outposts, like delivering goods. And and uh, this story is kind of setting up where a, a strange man and his granddaughter want her specifically to transport them to a sanctuary because he's claiming that he knows how to save the world and how to uh, reverse this crazy darkness that's enveloped the entire world. So that's kind of where we're at right now. They introduced a cool villain um, at the end of issue one. I won't spoil it, but like, uh, he's he's super cool and overall overall it's just a good mix of like post-apocalyptic horror and action and i'm a big fan of scott snyder ever since his batman stories and he's done uh american vampire i know you talked about undiscovered country which he does with charles sewell which is a great book uh yeah scott snyder like on the top of his game one of the top writers in comics right now so i'll i'll check out anything he's doing and this seems like another success to me two issues in so i'm excited for the third one so yeah geiger and noctera check them out that's what i've been geeking out on this week nice yeah i have noctera here i just haven't had a chance to read it yet i didn't know two came out already so i'm hoping i hoping that got added to my pull list i can't remember if i had the first one as a pull or if I just happen to be there and seeing it on the shelf. So I'm going to find out. I might have to go to the comic book store today. 
Yeah, issue two shouldn't be too hard to find. Usually issue ones are the ones where like people like to gobble them up because it's the first issue of something. But I would hope that you'd be able to get your hands on a issue two. Yeah, I remember that having a whole pile of the first one. So I know I grabbed it off of that because that was when I saw it. But I can't remember if I told them to add it. I'll have to check my list. I think I could check online. I'm going to have to double check. Yeah, not not gonna check out Geiger because I know you're the Jeff Johns. I don't know. You're if you're Jeff Johns, yeah. Doomsday Clock was not my thing. I was just I was one of the people who yeah. fell on the disappointment side of Doomsday Clock. So seeing that creative team makes me slightly hesitant. Having it independent, doing their own thing, an original story and stuff um, is still appealing. You'll have to keep me updated with that one. And if it hits a point where it's like, dude. You should be reading. I'll let you know. Yeah. You know, if yeah. I start hearing more, it starts actually, you know, making waves. Uh, Jeff, for sure. Jeff Johns definitely for me is a, is a, is a doomsday, doomsday clock. Definitely put him yeah, on you, my, my yeah. shit list. <laughs> yeah. You just associate him with that. I can totally understand for sure. And that, he's just, just that story, just the way yeah. that he did it. I mean, there was, there was a lot of cool stuff in it. It was just the way that it was presented. I hear you. Cool. Cool. How about you, man? What have you been geeking out on this week? Let me hear it. This week, I've been geeking out on Mass Effect. We just They just released last for last weekend, they released Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which is a uh, compilation of Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, which were originally, I think, 360. I know the first one was a 360 exclusive. I know 2 and 3 ended up coming for PlayStation 3. But it's just this massive uh, space opera basically not opera opera but you know like a space story set up from uh bioware so it's a big rpg set up in space um basically the uh let me get up the main little plot here um but it's basically kind of set up around it's like I said, a big Star Wars story. It's set around a, a space Navy soldier named Commander Shepard, whose mission is to save the galaxy from a race of powerful mechanical beings known as the Reapers and their agents, including the first game's antagonist, Saren. Um, and then basically it's just they're trying to release these, you have these uh, these Geth and these other like beings that want to release these Reapers and cleanse the world just like most bad guys want to do. But it's this big space opera thing. And I played through the original Mass Effect twice so i'm actually on my third playthrough with it um it is the first game that i realized i wanted to play all games as a female protagonist like i tried like three times to play through mass effect one as the male commander shepherd and i couldn't do it i kept stalling out and just wasn't feeling it and then one day i just decided let me try to do the the fem shep and do that and once I did, it was just that game. Everything I did in that game was just badass, and I loved it. So I played the hell out of the first Mass Effect, and then I never really got into two or three. Just never, They never hit me the same way. One of the big things with these games that was really cool was it was one of the first games that transferred your save. So all of the decisions you made based on with characters, I mean, different. everybody plays through this game differently based on your decisions. So if certain characters are alive or dead, if I played this game, I have a completely different team and certain characters that I develop relationships with or who live or die versus who you would create relationships with and who you would live or die. So, you know, everybody's experience is custom in that way, but you're able to take those decisions from Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 2 to Mass Effect 3. Well, they decided to redo these games, and now they're out for the, basically they came out for PS4 and Xbox One, and then you can obviously play them backwards compatibility with 
you know, 4K and 60 frames per second. So, you know, they're just kind of remade from the ground up, which has been kind of cool. But I had that $50 gift card sitting there from getting my my bundle for the Xbox. And I was like, Mass Effect's just sitting here. And it led to my other problem where I've decided to become obsessed with Microsoft Rewards Points which is like a big thing that they did through Bing where they wanted to, people to use their, their like Google bar, you know, and do our search, our Bing engine. And it never really took off, but it's, they're still trying, but they give you points for like searches that you do. But the big thing is since I've been playing on this Xbox is they have the game pass, but they do game pass quests. So it's basically like daily and weekly and monthly challenges they want you to do. So they'll tell you what games to play within Game Pass. So it gives you the ability to try out a bunch of stuff. So they're like, oh, try this game and basically get the first achievement or do, you know, basically it's just like play the beginning. But they're like, oh, play Resident Evil 7 and pick up five items. So you, you start playing Resident Evil 7, you pick up the five items. If you want to keep playing, you keep playing. If you don't, you don't. Or I know there was one for like the evil within, kill three enemies. So obviously you do that relatively quickly in a, in a video game, but it also gets you to play something you might not have already played. And then they give you these points, but then these points can actually be redeemed for gift cards and like real things. And I realized when I went back into it, I had like 6,000 of these points just sitting there already. And so I started doing the, all these quests and then I started getting on the Bing thing and started just racking up all these points. And then one of the things is by buying Mass Effect, they gave me like 6,000. So now I got like 14,000 points. And if I get 20,000, I get three free months of Game Pass Unlimited. So I'm like, well, yeah, I'm going to go do that. And if it's just playing games and I get points. So I've been obsessed with Microsoft Rewards this week, which I know is a really <laughs> obscure thing to geek out on. But I've been really enjoying the Mass Effect um, it felt really good to jump back into this first game, hit these story beats. You could tell it's an old ass game, regardless of the updates that they did, but it definitely seems like it plays real smooth. They did, especially the first one did update a lot. It's just a little, still got a little jank. You can't get rid of from a game that I think came out in 2007. So it definitely right. feels its age to a point, but I really, um, it's been fun to jump back into it and I'm hoping I can get through mass effect. And hopefully I, my goal is to get, you know, actually touch two and three, and get through the actual series uh, for the first time, which I'm excited about. So that's been my mass. My main geek out this week was Mass Effect and jumping into that. I haven't had much time to do much else outside of Army of the Dead. So that's about where I'm at this week, man. Yeah, man, that's cool. Mass Effect is a game I never played, uh, but it always, every time I hear it brought up, I'm like, oh, that does sound fun. Like something I'm, I would have enjoyed or would enjoy in the future. So, Yeah. This is cool. time to try it because this is obviously the best it's going to look and the best it's going to play. I'm assuming there's going to be, you know, obviously it's going to drop in price and you can probably get it. I wasn't going to jump day one, um, but I wanted those Microsoft points. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I also having the $50 gift card helps. And then because I'm a Game Pass subscriber, you get 10% off of all EA games because you're part of EA Play as well. So the game was only like 53 and then so I paid like six bucks for it outside of, you know, if I don't remember that I paid for the gift card. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was easy to look at and go, oh, I'll just pay six bucks for it. This works. Play some Mass Effect. So I've been playing that on the Xbox Series S and it's been pretty fun. So I guess I don't nice. remember if it was this week. Did I beat Resident Evil 7 this week? Resident Evil 7 was super cool. I did beat it, but I can't remember. I know I talked about it last week, but I beat it this week. Yeah, you did talk about it on our show last week, but I think you like beat it in between then and now. So I did so. beat Resident Evil 7. Now I want to play some DLC and 
yeah waiting for that sale for village and i'll grab that next is that still a full price game village probably i'm sure it's still brand new so yeah you gotta give it a little time i would say yeah i'm waiting for that first sale that takes it down to 45 or something and i'll probably yeah, yeah. It and and check it out but i i'm kind of now i'm thinking wait for the dlc for resident evil 7 i'm waiting for a sale for the season pass mm-hmm. grab that for 10 bucks or whatever and play through all the different dlc for that right and then uh that could fill in that gap there you go fun games we always love those resident evil games i'm sure we'll talk more in depth about them later but we're big resident evil guys in general yeah i enjoyed all those and i'm waiting um for that animated movie that's hitting netflix this summer and i'm sure we'll talk a lot about resident evil as we lead up into that one but i think that's about gonna wrap us up this week what you got Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, they also have the live-action Resident Evil show, don't they, on Netflix coming? Isn't there a live-action show? Yeah, they they do have a live-action show about, like, the Wesker girls Yeah, doing something. I don't know. I remember writing up an article about that on CBR when they announced the plot, and it was jarring to look through yeah. the plot on that. So I don't know <laughs> yeah. how the Wesker girls are going to be, but I'll we'll watch see. it. I'll try For it. Sure. I'll watch the first episode. You know, it could go like Jupiter's Legacy and MODOK did, or... It might just turn into what we need to watch every week. Well, I guess kind of like kind of like Invincible did for us, you know. Mm-hmm. You can go one of two ways: Invincible, which sucks us in, or Modok and Jupiter's Legacy, which we push to the side. Now, and it, and maybe it changes the idea of two. One, the one that pulled us in was week to week, and True. ones that aren't are the binge model ones you know where they're just anticipating that you're gonna sit there and watch all eight episodes of jupiter's legacy because they're there and i don't i don't i don't go that way yeah well sweet tooth coming up we'll see how that goes too it will yeah yeah i'm excited yeah. to see i'm excited for that one so i'm i'm pumped so we'll see how that shakes out in the upcoming weeks because we got a lot of stuff coming and i'm excited to talk about all of it yes sir you with you my friend but i think that's going to wrap it up for us this week so thank you so much for listening to the raised a geek podcast make sure you like subscribe and follow us hit us those reviews five stars leave us your name and where you're writing in from so we can give you a shout out on the show hit us up on twitter at raised a geek or shoot us an email at raised a geek at gmail.com but until next time i'm chris and i'm don and thanks for listening to the raised a geek podcast where we all speak geek.